0: What really is important about what's happened is that I got sick with something that w- was supposed to be incurable and have to be on medication for the rest of my life, and, um, and I believe it's been reversed and cured.
1: Welcome to You Cured What? The podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now,
0: enjoy the You
1: Cured What? conversation. My guest today has a history of suffering from an autoimmune condition, ulcerative colitis. Through a multifaceted approach, he has healed from this condition. I'm excited to have him on to share his healing experience with us. Welcome to the You Cured What podcast, Kyle Williams. How are you doing today, Kyle?
0: Yeah, doing awesome. Thanks, Joe.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad glad to have you on glad to get your story out here um it sounds like well can you just go into a little bit of your background and um you know how your um your struggle with ulcerative colitis started and uh yeah just give us a little background
0: okay um well i was uh it it Kind of really started in 2015, 2016. Um, I was basically working a lot. Um, I was a workaholic. Uh, And um, I had, I worked in the restaurant industry. So my sleep was all messed up. Staying up really late. um, Eating while being stressed out and working. Um, And I was also pushing really hard at the gym. And really stressed out, uh, and anxious in general for lots of different personal reasons. So, so essentially, um, it was like a, a just melting pot of just, it was just waiting to blow man, you know? So lots, not, not adequate sleep, lots of physical stress on the body, lots of, um, mental stress, emotional stress, and then just not enough rest and relaxation, um, or not good relaxation. And uh, I noticed uh that uh I started seeing blood in my stool and uh <laughs> oh. true to true to my attitude at the time my unhelpful attitude at the time, I was like, huh, okay. And then I went back and just continued <laughs> living <laughs> the way I was living. And I was like, that's that's weird. And so I just didn't. I didn't. Um, I, I I think I just didn't take it seriously, or tried to tell myself that um, that's not. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and how so I just old continued. were you at the time? Uh,
0: <laughs> am I now? Well, I'm 34 now. I think. I think I was like 29 or 30. I know it was 30 okay. when it when it all went down, but. Um. Okay. So eventually, so eventually I just, I kept doing that and it, it kept getting worse. And my bowel movements got weirder and weirder. And one day I was at work and I had my first ulcerative colitis flare. Um, flare just means that the disease just erupts, like, you know, not to be too graphic, but, you know, erupts in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> and,
0: uh, and I was like, oh my, I was just flabbergasted. I was like, what, what the, what's happening? And it was at work. and so there a there's a there's a whole story there, but in in the end, um, it was a really hard process getting help because of reasons that were my fault, um, and partly because of just how our medical system is set up um, that I eventually mo- you know months after I had that flare, uh, probably like two two months or so, I was able to get what's called a colonoscopy and get the diagnosis. So, um, that's the initial backstory of, of how I got ulcerative colitis. It it was horrible.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. That sounds, that sounds miserable. Um, did you, how often did you have flares? Was it just the one and you noticed other symptoms or were you having flares, um, more often than that?
0: Honestly, um. I think I can only remember that one initial flare. And then after that, it was just like sub-flares, you know, not like a a big flare-up of the disease, but like a steady decay of my health after that. Um, Okay. I I would just say the disease was in full swing for sure.
1: Okay. So what did that entail? Um, You know, moving forward, you... You know, you had the one flare, your health was um, kind of in a, a tailspin, you were maybe a, a month or two out from actually getting a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, yeah, what was going on during that time? And what, how did you yeah. notice your health failing?
0: Well, I think it's important to bring into play a little bit of of the truth about how I didn't handle the situation well and handle health. And I think that's important um, for anyone who's um, suffering from chronic disease is just making sure that we're getting the help we need. So I had that flair and um, I still wanted to work and go out to the gym and, you know, basically not change what I was doing. Um, But I recognized at that point something was wrong. And so I was able to start to work with a GI, uh, doctor, um, and the, uh, what was, uh, and, and I'm still going hard, you know, but I'm noticing that I can't, I'm losing energy at the gym and I'm getting all angry about it because things aren't going my way and just, you know, being like a brat about it. And, um, this, uh, GI doctor prescribed, uh, antibiotics to calm the flare down Uh, because I was still having now flare for ulcerative colitis just involves, uh, bleeding, um, pain, uh, and diarrhea and a lot of fluid loss and it can have, you can have fatigue and you can get other weird stuff like happening, like brain fog. And, um, and, uh, I, I was losing weight rapidly and I'm already a skinny guy. Um, and, uh, that was really made, Gave me more anxiety and anger because I worked so hard at the gym and I was just you know losing all my gains, um, and so I, I was given something called uh, like just antibiotics, but it was cipro and flagyl. Those were the two; they're, they're commonly used together. Um, okay. I took I took those, and it's and it w- it was able to stop the diarrhea, and it seemed like to stop yeah. the bleeding. But I had the the worst abdominal pain. I can, I, I, when I think of the most painful experiences in my life, that's one of the top ones. I was just in bed, just writhing. Cause it, if it hurts. So something about those antibiotics just hurts so bad, but it stopped that. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm getting help, but things happen. And so after, after that, uh, the, um, I caught something called C. difficile, which is a very serious, serious bacterial infection. Uh, and it, it was, a result of the antibiotics and not to go into too much detail, but uh, I, I think most people have C. difficile bacteria, but other bacteria keep them in check. Antibiotics okay. just are like drop, dropping a nuke on all the, the, the bacteria in your gut or in your body. And so then the DC difficile see that, Oh, there's some free land over here. Let's grow. And it, and it, um, so I had to take, uh, a more a different, a more expensive antibiotic to to calm that. and luckily I was able to get rid of C diff. Because um, if you can't get rid of C diff, it can be pretty serious. And uh, and that was uh, and and this was all happening while the fact that I had never been to the doctor, so I wasn't hooked up in the system of who's my primary care physician, and you know you got to get a, a a letter of whatever to. To you have to get some kind of documentation to go see uh, a specialist, so the the insurance yeah. can cover it. So that's why it took a lot of long a long time, and that's totally my fault, just being irresponsible. So the workaround is, I, I went when I was at a GI doctor and I was trying to get a colonoscopy. It was taking time; it could have taken a while. And the whole time, at this point, uh, I couldn't work anymore, so I was too weak. And I was like, I was after, after I took those antibiotics it was like, I completely bottomed out. Like I couldn't eat anything without being in pain. So I was just like, you know, I felt like, um, you know, I'd, I've never been in a concentration camp, but it felt like I was just like, I was just spooning grits, you know, cause it was the only thing I can handle. And, wow. uh, the GI doctor said, Hey, um, let me just be honest with you. Um, you should just go to a bunch of hospitals and see if they can't give you <laughs> an emergency colonoscopy. You know, just basically, wow. he's telling me that he's just being real, and I appreciated that. Um, and so, I tried that. I went to three, four different hospitals, and to try to see if I could get uh, an emergency colonoscopy because I, it, I mean, but um, I wasn't able to get it because uh, I didn't make the cut. But um, but it all worked out in the end. Eventually, I got my colonoscopy and my diagnosis in in January. Uh, but by that time. I was completely
1: wrecked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And this was January of which 20
0: year? Oh, January 2017. I had my okay. first flare in October of 2016 and it okay. took that much time with me hustling hard to to get um to get the diagnosis and get some medication.
1: Okay. Well, um so what what happened at um You know, at this point, it seems like you're, um, in what you've described here, you're kind of at a low point, your, you know, your energy levels, your uh, pain, your energy levels are low, your pain levels are high, Um, you know, what happened next?
0: Um, I made a decision that I needed to leave California because I didn't have... I had some close friends, but I had no family, and because I just I couldn't work anymore and um, and so I was already financially precarious, and that put me under and uh, I, uh, a very good decision I, I said I had to swallow my pride, a lot of false pride about living on my own because I was you know thirty years old, and um, I decided to move back in with with family. Uh, specifically, to move back with in, uh, in with my mama. When I was on my way back, I, I didn't want to move in with uh, to stay with my dad, but he he passed away while I was coming back from from California to Florida, where I live now. So um, that's what happened next: is I moved back in uh, with my mom, and um, that's where the whole uh, healing journey began.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so where, um, where was your mom located?
0: Oh, we're located in Florida,
1: central Florida. Florida. Okay. So you moved from, uh, California to central Florida. Um, and, um, you know, did you start seeing a new doctor at this point or what, um, what was the next step that you took in, uh, looking to address your ulcerative colitis? Uh,
0: well, I was currently on the, the, when I left California, I left with some medication, uh, to treat ulcerative colitis, kind of like a first line of defense called mesalamine it's pills. And, uh, I thought at the time that I needed to, uh, continue with those, you know, with that. Oh, actually, you know, um, I have to, I have to backtrack because um, <laughs> that's actually a really important point. But when I was still in California, I don't know why I glossed over this. Um, you know, I, I guess I have, I have, there's a part of me that just, you know, when I got the diagnosis, I, my, my response was hell no, no way I'm take cause they said you're going to have to take medication for us your life. And I was basically like, middle finger. No. (laughs) And which isn't, I just want to be clear. I don't think that's a good healthy position for me. I don't feel that way anymore, but at the time it was just, I just, I didn't want to accept or believe that for for what, so for what it is um, I started looking for diet and lifestyle um, ways to treat it. I wanted to cure it and, and get rid of it. Um, yeah. and, and just so, just so, you know, I was already interested in lifestyle stuff and biohacking and things like that. So that made the decision easier for me. I was like, Oh no, screw this. I'm, I'm doing, you know, <laughs> I'm making changes about how I'm yeah. living. And so the first thing I came across was a diet called the specific carbohydrate diet. It was, um, created by what? well, it was created. Created by two doctors, I can't remember their names. I think it was Haas H A A S, and she uh, Elaine Gottschall, who wrote this book called um, Breaking the Vicious Cycle. Her her daughter had ulcerative colitis, and she took them to these doctors who were treating, uh, I think, Crohn's disease patients, like children, or some okay. other like disease. I don't know if it was Crohn's or it was something else that started with the C and. Uh, and they were doing it by removing certain types of carbohydrates from their diet. And they noticed that they were having improvements. It might've also been with autistic kids too, but uh, by the way, anything I say, like I could <laughs> get a fat <laughs> jacket, right? I'm, yeah, I'm not claiming to be i I'm not claiming to be an expert. Really not. No, this is so, just about
1: what you found in your story. And, um, <laughs> you know, you, it's just this yeah, claim. Across- yeah. It's just,
0: just disclaimer for anyone. listening. Sure. Um, sure. but so that, that, um, and I found out about it because I came across, uh, a, uh, a website that was all based around, um, utilizing the specific carb diet. It was in there, like it was in the, the website name. I don't know if I can mention the website, but, um, I found, uh, I mean, can I mention them?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes.
0: So it's called SCD lifestyle. And, uh, okay. cause I was searching and that's how I found out about the diet and I actually, Uh, purchased one of their eBooks that gave this, this guy's experience like from recovering from what he had. And um, so long, anyways, long story short, short, I I started, I bought the book, read it and then bought their eBook to guide me and started following that diet. And I was doing that in California. Um, And so when I moved, uh, I had the mesalamine medicine and I had the diet and so the next step when i came back to to florida i think what i did was i said screw the the pills and i finished them off and i didn't get any more and i was just like you know basically middle finger and and i'm going to do this diet and so um that was the next step so then i was i was doing it all with with focusing on that diet as my single solution
1: okay and um so at this point, what, um, I guess, what results are you having at this point in the story? You know, you were, you finished up your medication. What happened both before and after coming off that medication in combination with the specific carbohydrate diet?
0: And it's hard to really, it's hard for me to remember. But uh, yeah. what I can say about the whole process on the specific carb because I spent the majority of doing that diet on, not on any medication, is that progress? Uh, there was progress, and it was slow. It was okay. I'm just going to say it's slow compared to what I've done now. Okay, and just in comparison. But yeah. some people who never get right. I'm I'm not bashing that diet.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it's just looking back on comparison to my experience now to to work with that diet. It it was it took longer, um, and. I was like really paranoid about remnants of stuff being, you know, illegal stuff being in the food, like even if it's just a small bit. And so, but that's a whole psychological element of dying, dieting that can work against me is when uh, I'm, I have a good diet, but I'm freaking out all the time about, right. Oh my God. Did something just get on my clean, my, you know, uh, food prep surface you know
1: right and okay. go into
0: restaurants and it's a pain you know um yeah so
1: do you uh, remember what some of the um i guess what some of the primary foods you um ate were during that time or oh, yeah man. foods that you ate or that you avoided as Dude, part I, of the like, specific carbohydrate diet
0: my bread and butter in the beginning was like the was uh, um winter squashes pureed Cooked and okay. pureed, because like the way that the the scd lifestyle people took it further is they they there's a stages there are stages to the specific carb diet where the, the or phases and each phase you introduce more hard, harder to digest foods so the easiest stuffs in the beginning it's kind of like to give your your body a break you know okay um, and. So my staples ended up being a lot of those easy to digest carbohydrates, which, t- but which anecdotal more often than not does not cause issues for people with those serious digestive diseases. I think that's how the doctors developed it is just like this fed stuff. And they noticed, Whoa, can't feed them that, you know? Um, but carrots, yeah. pureed carrots was like, was one of the first ones that was the easiest. So Okay. Uh, and I drank a lot of Welch's 100% grape juice, diluted <laughs> <laughs> in water. I mean, it's all like really specific stuff. But the point is, is uh, yeah, there there were definitely staple foods that were meant that were staples because I knew I could tolerate them well. And and this also okay. also included meat too.
1: Okay, okay. So you're now um, you're now in Florida. You are um, no longer on any kind of, uh, medications and you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're using the specific carbohydrate diet as your, uh, main approach. Um, yep. so how long was that your main approach? And then what was, what was the next step that you took in, um, in this journey? So
0: the next step came from a rude awakening where, uh, I spent all of 2017, um, and, and I still had a lot of, per, uh, personal issues with stress, anxiety, and a lot of negative perspectives. So even I was following this diet, but I was also very anxious and, and angry <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, just angry that, you know, the usual stuff, like, you know, this is bullshit, you know, yeah. sorry if you have to bleep that out. Oh. Um, no, this is yeah. bull crap. Yeah. And uh, you know, just I—I I don't fault myself. I was just dealing with it the best I could. And, um, and I and I, at that at that time in 2017, I went and started to see a therapist to get help with the mental side of things because there there is clinical evidence that stress aggravates um digestive issues. I just think about butterflies in the stomach. You know, you're not gonna, right. You know, go eat a big hoagie if you're feeling like you're throwing up because you're nervous or whatever. And yeah. Um, but the root awakening came, uh, (laughs) and I laugh because it's, it was such an ego saturated thing for me to do, but I I spent the whole year and I made big progress, which progress for some of you see is means that your vowels look normal, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and normal, by by meaning, you know, go look at something called a Bristol stool chart, B R I S T O L. And it tells you what normal is generally, you know, in case you, case you been, you know, you don't know what normal is. And, and so I started, honestly, I got cocky and I was like, ah, you know, I can just do this diet, whatever. And, and, and also it was like me, it's just part of being human too. I had restricted myself from a lot of things that foods that have uh, probably emotional or psychological uh, attachments to, you know, like sugar is, it's hard. It's, I mean, sugar dude. Um, and, and I, and I went uh, to my, uh, with family to my grandmother's for Christmas, Christmas is my birthday. And so that kind of mixed up in my head and I was like, and I just, I just went nuts and just ate, I ate two, I'm I not 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 joking. Like two tubs of ice cream, like this. I could not. I just. I took one bite, and I and I and it just. I could not. I, I could not. And did Couldn't not want to control stop. yourself. Yeah. I I went to IHOP and ate like a, a stack and then a half of another stack of pancakes.
1: Jeez.
0: And how? And candy. And I went to a shrimp place and got like deep fried shrimp and. And it's in Northwest Florida, so it's really friggin' good.
1: And, <laughs> and I'm guessing uh, the, the pancakes and the ice cream, these are not <laughs> the uh, specific carbohydrates no. <laughs> that are allowed by the no. lifestyle.
0: <laughs> Basically anything that's typically considered garbage, you know, on the standard American diet is no, is the no-go. <laughs> um, and so I, the whole time I was like, I'll be okay. I'll just go back on the diet. And what happened is like I, I went from like good, good bowel movements to like there was blood all over like there's blood everywhere it was like yeah it was like a murder scene it was like i crapped out a murder scene and i remember thinking i looked at it and again that part of me was like oh it's okay i'll just go back on the diet you know i didn't want to admit that i made a mistake and i did and and here's the thing then is i went back on the diet and it didn't get better oh it didn't get better and I kept, and here's the word. (laughs) And I'm just laughing because I'm so friggin' hard-headed. It was a huge lesson I had to learn. But so that happened on Christmas of 2017. And then I proceeded to go through 2018 bleeding every day of almost that entire year. And every bowel movement was painful. And and I remember I used to have to, like, well, I told myself I wasn't going to cry. Because I was like, you know, because of just... BS notions about don't cry and uh because you're a man and which is whatever it hurt and I just remember like gripping like gripping the tub handle like next to me and just like shaking because I was like ah and and I experienced that pain every day and uh I had uh started to have fears and and uh about soiling myself and there were times where I felt like a lot of shame because I would soil myself on accident. And when I went on trips, I started buying uh, the the adult depends, you know? Oh. And so I was like a huge, I felt so ashamed of myself. I was like, why, you know? And I was like, Oh, I'm like a young dude. and I'm wearing, and and I'm wearing like old depends, you know, and, and because I'm afraid of soiling myself and, and it, that, that really was a huge blow to my ego. And I was pissed that I made that decision on that Christmas and blah, blah, blah. But the way I look at it now is that was good because I got like a hard lesson on just what ego stubbornness can do. I suffered for a year for no reason. And yeah, but, but the things changed uh, towards the end of the year. I made significant changes. It was like probably uh, towards the middle of the year.
1: Okay. Um, so I know one of the changes that you mentioned earlier, um, you mentioned therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what other changes were you making?
0: Um, I went to some support groups um, for like some specific personal issues. So I started talking more about, um, you know, my, my stuff, you know, and we yeah. all know what that means, talking about your stuff. And because I never, was never willing to do that. And be, as a result of of that process, um, I ended up making a decision to go back on medication okay. and it ended up being a, a good decision.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, what medication was this that you went back on?
0: <clears throat> it was... Um, I had tried a couple before it. I tried something called sulfasalazine, um, and that didn't work. And then I tr- uh, went on something called Uceris uh, uh, and that helped. That's a type of steroid that you can take as a pill and it's not as severe as prednisone. Um, and I know like people listening are not going to know what these names are and whatnot, but they're just, it's just medication, right? And yeah. um, the, the point is is with all sort of colitis is there's no cure and you have to take medication for the rest of your life so so those are the two points that are that are really important in in what i'm saying to remember and um so i went on that medication and uh and uh, eventually i think i think that was maybe in july of July of 2018. Okay. July or August.
1: Um, and
0: I, I started seeing a, a doctor again, a GI specialist here in central Florida. He's the one who hooked me up with, uh, Eucerus, and I had a general practitioner that hooked me up with the sulfasalazine and, um, my GI doctor uh, gave me mesalamine again which was what i took in the beginning and gave me uh, another colonoscopy and uh, a enema uh mesalamine enema cuz oh, to oh. to stop the bleeding so i don't remember what happened first if i started taking the the enema bef- like before or after the the colonoscopy but but basically, I had a colonoscopy, and um, my disease had gone to, like, moderate-severe. I guess I asked him, how bad is it from, from mild to severe? And he's like, moderate to severe. And when I first had my colonoscopy done at my initial diagnosis, the disease was mild. Okay. So after so- all of that, the year of with the diet the The huge relapse and then a year of just pain it got it got went from mild to moderate severe and I don't think it if if it wasn't gonna be treated, it would get severe enough where it'd have to have the colon cut out and then I was like Whoa. freaked i'd have, I was freaked out I
1: was like no yeah. um that that would do it
0: <laughs> yeah um so he um uh, so I took the misal- started taking misalamine, and the enema, which was like another piece of humble pie. Because um, you, yeah. you have to squirt it, you have to squirt it, you have to take it at night and lay in the fetal position and let it. You know,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know. This was every and night it, you had to do that.
0: Yeah, to do it every night. So I was like, wow. oh, you know. So just more humble pie. Just, just you know. there you go, Kyle. You know, <laughs> and. uh but um, I was willing to go to any lengths to to get better and not lose a piece of my buck, you know, col not to lose my colon. I was just like, no, <laughs> right. and and so yeah, if I gotta squirt something
1: <laughs> up there, yeah. wow, yeah, fine, yeah, whatever, <laughs> fine, whatever on. it takes <laughs> at that stage.
0: Yeah, so um, so because I was willing to go get that medication, and this is why, like, I used to be like. Big middle finger to uh, big farmer or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, when, when I put that attitude aside um, and just got the help, that put me on my first step to like a really huge recovery. So I started okay. taking when I was doing the the rectal enema and the the, the mesalamine pills, uh, my bleeding stopped, and maybe like within a week stopped. And I had been bleeding the whole year with just the specific carb diet would not stop it.
1: Wow. So these medications were very, uh, very effective for you in this case. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. That's um, that's amazing. And um, you know, so what, what happened next? What was the next, um, the next step? Well, um,
0: something that I have to backtrack to, to mention is, is in March of 2018, uh, I went to a big convention out in San Francisco and I had the terrible panic attack because I was in pain uh, and having all these issues, and I flu, and the stress of dr- jet lag, and and other other personal crap about, you know, it was like for like a career related thing. So my mind was okay. all set on like oh, I have to make this work. You know, career yeah. is everything. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And so my stress level went, Ooh, and I had a pan- had a friggin' panic attack in this convention and ran to the uh, to the first aid and in the first aid, like I I lost it and started having convulsions like on the green. And so they, they, uh, called an ambulance and the ambulance hauled me out like past hundreds of people like out into the ambulance. And, uh, I was like, what happened? And he was like, you just had a panic attack. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so screwed up. (laughs) This is a problem. And, and, uh, um, I was not working with a doctor. I was like diet and me alone. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm getting, I'm getting help. I'm getting, I'm working with a friggin' doctor. So I went on the S the SCD lifestyle website at their doctor's list. Yeah. And that's where I found the doctor I worked with today who basically gave me the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> okay. okay. And I didn't listen. I didn't want to listen to him for, for a long time, but um, <laughs> Yeah but uh
1: okay so um the next step was, was oh sorry I'm sorry, sorry go ahead. ahead go ahead um no what um you're starting to say what the next step was what was the next uh next step there
0: was to listen to my doctor who at some point during 2018 said Kyle I really think you should consider the carnivore diet and I said no <laughs> that sounds <laughs> insane what? And so the carnivore diet is you're just eating stuff from the animal kingdom and and it's totally legit that people that just eat ribeyes and drink water and eat salt and it's gaining a lot of, it's gaining a lot of traction. Um for for a, a lot of different reasons but for um one of one of the the prime one I think is for the people with the serious health issues cuz it's such a I would have only. I would have never done it if, unless I was friggin' desperate. And so the desperation right. came because uh, so my doctor was like, "I think you should do this." And I was like, "No, man, it's like tons of cholesterol, and it's gonna." My dad died from heart failure, and I've got naturally high cholesterol, and I was giving him all these reasons, and he was like, "Oh, and you're, just, you're not ready, I guess, you know, or I'm not ready." Mm. And this was earlier in 2018, and the. The moment of desperation that, that where I was willing t- to try anything, um, to willing to do anything, was uh, that I, my doctor said, "Look, I don't think mesalamine's is going to work for you anymore. I think you need to go on remicade." And I was like, "Oh." For people who don't know, remicade it the it's solution for. Ulcerative colitis or which is an autoimmune disease is to suppress the entire immune system. And one of the side effects is that you live with a weakened immune system for the rest of your life. And by the way, each you have to take a syringe a month and each syringes five grand or more. (laughs) Wow. And to start, you have to take several syringes. So, 10 to 20 grand to start, you know, (laughs) and you can double check that, but I guarantee you it's a, it's a crap ton of money. And so you better have good insurance. So the finite, Oh my, and I'm already like had been struggling financially and I'm I'm thinking, Oh my God, that's the financial end. And then the health end is like, if I get an infection, I can end up in the hospital (laughs) man. it's, it's, you know, and I don't live and I'd have to learn to live like someone who has a compromised immune system. And, um, and he said, I really think <laughs> that's it. Thank you. You got to go on this. And once you choose to go on it, if you go off Remicade or no, excuse me, Humira, Remicade and Humira, are the same thing, but he, he's talking about Humira for me. Okay. But if you, if you go off one of those drugs after you started, you may not be able to go back on because once you stop your, your, your body develops antibodies to the, to the, the protein that is. So anyway, not to get too technical, once you start it, you can't stop. There's no turning back. If you go off and you go back to the drug, it might not work. So how's
1: that? (laughs) You
0: know, so it's basically
1: see why you would be uh, in a, yeah feeling desperate at that stage.
0: yeah yeah and so my desperation level went through the roof because of what i was facing was financial and and i'm not saying like s- slavery like they're intending because these people are trying to help people but they're yeah. they're trying to they're they're helping people in just a different way than other people who believe that there's a different way to go about things so this isn't bashing like any of that like, you know Screw the system Um, because, you know, there's some people that take that stuff they're willing to and, and they have probably, they probably have better lives. So all the power to them, but that was not me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the, the, the next step was to start the carnivore diet.
1: Okay. And uh, yeah, I think you gave a good overview of it earlier. It's foods just from the animal kingdom and, Um, you know, I've heard it described as the ultimate elimination diet before because it excludes a lot of, um, it excludes, yeah, like you said, everything but the animal kingdom. Um, and so it, it cuts out a lot of potentially problematic foods. So, um, I know different people, um, do the carnivore diet differently when you started on the carnivore diet, what, um, what foods did you eat? What did you focus on? Um, you know, and yeah, how did things go when you started this diet?
0: Uh, I did the hardcore start version. Some people will ease into it by slowly eliminating anything that's not, um, from an animal. Uh, I, I did just beef, and water and salt to start. Oh. Um, okay. And and just to to be clear on something, um like I uh my doctor's not dogmatic about carnivore. Um and that's something that I'll go into a little bit more later. But uh um and <clears throat> in general the, the carnivore community considers the, the very bare essentials as just meat water and salt. Um, and that doesn't work for everyone cuz it's <laughs> it's uh you know it's tough to adjust yeah. to.
1: Yeah, that's we we're, we're used to uh, being able to walk into a 7-11 and have just our our pick of any flavor you can possibly imagine. So <laughs> you know that's that's quite a shock to the system if suddenly uh you're now you've got beef salt water. Yeah. What's it. for
0: dinner beef? What's for breakfast beef?
1: <laughs> right. right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, um, you know, how, how did that work for you? Um, I guess emotionally and, um, and yeah, what's, how did it go at the start? Um, doing that like kind of hardcore carnivore, um, transition. hmm.
0: Uh, it's, there's a period you go through called adaptation where your body has to uh, basically switch its gears to be able to use uh, just what's in animal products and and meat, which is, you know, no carbs um, or very little carbs. There's carbohydrates in some animal products, but uh, so little. And so we're thinking fat and protein in the body on the regular on any other diet is used to getting carbohydrates. So there's a period where you feel like garbage. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. It's, and there's, there's steps you can take to lessen that adaptation period. So it's not as bad. Um, but there's going to be some amount of, of discomfort. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, you're going from being a uh, carbohydrate burner to a fat burner, effectively.
0: Yep. And uh, the the way that my approach differed from the typical carnivore method is that carnivore t- uh, uh, the typical carnivore diet usually emphasizes fatty cuts of red meat, like beef. You'll hear ribeye, ribeye. And some people do just do ground beef and try to get the fattiest cuts of ground beef. They can. Why fatty? Because I, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but the, the fat is really, really, really important to get eat a lot of fat and, and not too much protein. So the way mine differed is my doctor believes that seafood is the most healing food available. So he put things on a priority list for me to eat. And at the top was oysters. And below that, shellfish. Um below that was uh fatty cold water fish like salmon, which to this day my staple is freaking salmon then. I'll eat it raw, right. believe it or not. It's delicious. Yeah. So yeah, oysters, other shellfish, salmon, then organ meats, which AKA is also called awful organ meats, then lamb, then organic beef. Okay. And then below that is everything else, <laughs> you know,
1: okay.
0: yeah. um, in yeah. terms of what, what, it, in, in terms of healing ability, that was the priority list I was given. So, my version of carnivore it heated to that, and I also experimented with just doing the beef, salt, and water just to see how it would feel indifferent to what my doctor was saying yeah, and uh then I mean eating the the seafood route feels feels awesome um for for me, but I have to add nice. in fat,
1: okay. Yeah, because I guess the oysters, if they're one of the dominant foods, they don't have uh, much in the fat um, macronutri- macronutrient source. So yeah. that makes sense that you'd have to add add some fat in. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, you you went on this uh, carnivore diet. Um, what uh, you were coming from a really rough uh, rough point where it was looking like you were going to have to go on uh, lifelong Humira um, an immunosuppressant. Yep. So what, um, you know, what results did you see once you adopted the carnivore diet?
0: Yeah. So uh, I was taking, I started the carnivore diet on October 15th of 2018. And around that time I was, was taking the enema and the mesalamine. So I can't say what were the effects of the diet alone, but within like a week or a uh, week or two, uh, the bleeding stopped and, um, I had kept like a diet and stool journal. Uh, so I don't remember what's, what's in it, but that showed like, that was like hard data on, you know, did things like improve and, and, and they did. Um, but the, the main points were, Within, I'm pretty sure within a week or two of starting the diet in combination with the prescription medications that I stopped bleeding within that time. And then that was October of 2018. And then in March of 2019, I I finished the the enema stuff in like a month or so. Uh, It wasn't meant to be taken for the rest of my life. Took the pills, started weaning off the pills in in March of 2019 where I made that same trip to that conference and didn't have a panic attack and didn't have um as bad issues as, as I did last time I did have one panic attack when I first flew in um instead of getting jet lag I got the panic attack so March 2019 uh, 2019 I started weaning off the medication and I've been off medication ever since with and and just just to flash forward to very recently, um this is an important point. Um I don't know if everyone has this experience, but some people have an experience going on carnivore diet that if they take one bite or one meal of something that's not carnivore, their body has a huge reaction. That doesn't yeah. happen to me. I ate blaze pizza that my sister ordered where the list of toppings was this long and I'm just the length of my hand, you know, probably yeah. fifteen different toppings, olives like friggin' banana peppers, uh bell peppers, spinach, feta cheese. Uh and, and my standard is that, you know, I'm eating this carnivore and I friggin' yeah. pig- I pigged out. I ate like <laughs> half or more of a pizza and I slept like a baby and I didn't feel a thing. And wow. when I had a bowel movement, it was just like completely normal. Now, if I did that every day, no, probably not, but yeah. um, I didn't flinch. And I've done recently, I, I've done cra- crazy stuff. Like I did, like I slip, you know, I mm-hmm. had two dairy, dairy queen ice creams, And all I did is I felt a little bloated, but that was it, you know, and maybe didn't sleep well that night. And, and so I'm going to, this is totally my opinion. I don't know if it's true or anything, but I think the reason I have that level of recovery has less to do with my diet and with some other things that I've put into place.
1: Well, I'm, uh, I'm very curious to um, hear about this. I'm, it sounds like um you know it sounds like the the carnivore diet really helped you uh, kind of find your footing and uh, really get some of the um some major some major healing took place it seems like after you yeah absolutely adopted the carnivore diet absolutely um and you know you said it didn't take long you said it was partially in concert with uh, some of the Uh, prescription meds that you were taking. So it's hard to know, you know, you don't have it defined down to exactly what caused, you know, each exact part, but the bleeding stopped pretty quickly. Um, And then you were able to continue to heal on the carnivore diet. But I'm very curious to hear um, what are some of these other steps that you've taken that you feel have been uh, very beneficial in your own um, in your own health and your own life,
0: right? Um, so again, this just this disclaimer: this is um, a, a lot of what I do um, is just advice from my doctor, where I don't understand how it works, and some of it is just so hard for me to believe. But I'm, I'm willing to try it out, and and when I when I do it, the result is my health gets better. Um, And my doctor has this position that's very different (laughs) than any I've ever heard. And that's that that environment controls biology more than anything we put into our mouths. So what does that mean? Um, Well, I'll just say the first thing well, it's on his website, but
1: uh, he oh, refers would you to you mind sharing your doctor's website? I'd love to get it in the show notes.
0: Yeah, it's uh, his name is Dr. Marcus Ettinger at uh, advancedhealing.com. Um, okay, and so yeah, basically, what I'm going to say, I just be reading from his front page because he puts it off, puts it. <laughs> and he's got, kind yeah, of that, great. he's got kind of a sassy attitude, but, um, <laughs> so he, I guess these five, five points that I'm reading here, uh, number one is biology does not give a crap about your philosophy when you're sick Two, and you will never get better in the same environment that made you sick three. And the sun is nature's original and the most powerful vaccine against disease four. And your environment actually controls your physiology to a greater degree than anything you will ever put into your mouth, medications, supplements, or food. And number five, and lastly, a disease is not a problem without a solution, but a puzzle that needs to be solved. So, um, he he has this focus that I, I, you know, I'm not even going to pretend to try to explain, but around, around three prime columns of, of, of health and that's light and water and magnetism. And, um, I feel like I have enough experience with the light part that, um, that that's something that I can, I can talk about. Um, but the the real thing that he told me in the beginning that made me really scratch my head was that my, my environment was controlling my physiology more because the whole conversation is always about food, not to say food isn't important. Obviously if I swallow Drano, it's not going to be good, but, um, but I wonder why is my recovery so strong? Um, and you know, I do the I do cardboard diet just like anybody else. You know, um, but I, I just know some people you know mention that they do, there's certain things they can't do, and right and you know I'm not going to go out and eat McDonald's, but that you know I, minute, I, I ate Dairy Queen, you know, <laughs> uh, and I've done it yeah. a lot, man. I've picked out i I've picked out so much people like in my family look at me and they, and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're eating more than we are. And that's just because, and when you don't eat cars for a while, if you put, man, if you bite into some cars, man, it's like a drug over, <laughs> overeating. <laughs> so I'm, I've tamed it. I've tamed that a little down because it does over, over. If I binge like that a lot of times, it's, that's going to set me back. But, my resilience is is much higher now. So getting to the yeah. environment part, um, you know, my doctor made the point that um, and this is what I find, you know, it's hard for me, it's hard for me to believe, just just to be honest, is that he claims that the uh one of the as that the the sun that sunlight is is essential to to good health because um one is you synthesize the vitamin D from it. And he makes the claim that humans can photosynthesize. Wow.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That,
0: that one, that one, it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's hard, for, it's hard for me to believe. But what he, the way he says it works, his claim is that um, melanin, the pigment in the skin, when light hits it, it splits the water molecule, which is H2O, hydrogen, two, uh, two oxygens, and a hydrogen. I, I don't remember but then that hydrogen is used to make energy by the cells through something called a mitochondria. And I know that's like probably too, getting too technical. Um, but the idea is that, that humans can derive some kind of energy, uh, from the sun and it has to do with something called the mitochondria. And and this is something important to think about and, and to understand on some level is, uh, the mitochondria or organelles in, in not every cell of the body, I think, but many of them and their job is to make energy for the cell. And when they can't do their job, the cell becomes diseased. Yeah. Right. And so his claim is that, that all, if not all modern diseases are a result of mitochondria not being able to produce energy the way they
1: should. And you know, I'm not um super well versed on um on the science of it all, but I, I've seen a lot of um a lot of discussion about mitochondrial health and how how vital that is for human health. And um one one thing um another person I interviewed for the podcast um who um, used red light therapy a lot in um, in his healing journey, he talked about it. Um, I like the way I, I think I heard him mention it on another podcast, but, uh, light can almost be, you know, like another form of nutrition for the cell and it helps the cell to carry out whatever processes that, um, that it needs to carry out. And, um, and yeah, what, what better light would there be for our, our cells to be adapted to than the sun that has been around, you know, forever. Um, So I, I can definitely, I don't have the science down pat, but um, some of these ideas um, definitely make sense. And it sounds like, um, you know, in in your doctor's case that this is, you know, he can very effectively um, treat, diseases using this approach so that's um that's remarkable
0: yeah i i can't it's like i'm I'm not not going to be able to elaborate on anything the things you've said be, he said because i just don't have that knowledge he has a resource page that i've read through and read articles from some of his mentors um but i just um, remember but overall what i do is i i take his advice and like i said what's the result has been is that I continue to get better the more I take the dude's advice. So that's what what
1: advice is this? I I know it's related to light, but what uh, what types of changes have you made in your lifestyle as a result of that?
0: All right. So first one is um, mitigating artificial light. Uh, Artificial light, uh, especially the blue spectrum of light. So if anyone listening, there's, a spectrum of light, which is all of colors that we see and then all the stuff we can't see, like the UV rays and infrared and far infrared and da 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 da. da. But um the the blue light from artificial lights uh is just not good. And the reasons for that being uh I I don't have the knowledge to explain it, but so the first step was to mitigate that with blue blocking glasses. So I bought, um, a, the most important one is to get a good that for me was I threw down on, on some nice pair of blue blocking glasses that block all of the spectrum of light that screws with your sleep. Um, okay. so one of the huge important things in my recovery has been to start living with the natural cycle of the sun and it's all controlled by light. and. I've, I've come across and, and had read some information that my doctor provided that just paints a picture of just, just the problems, not living with the natural, you know, rhythm, because we can have artificial light that, you know, um, it's not just like, oh, I don't get good sleep. Um, the, the body doesn't repair itself correctly, uh, if right. you don't have the good quality of sleep. and so anyone listening has probably heard of melatonin, right? Like it's suppressed when you're, you're seeing a type of color of light when you're not supposed to. Um, And eating after the sun goes down, there's problems with that. So in general, the, the first really awesome big game changer was getting a, not getting some cheap, well, get whatever you can, but try to get yeah. something that blocks all of the, all of the frequency uh, wavelengths of light light that suppress melatonin. And yeah, that was, and I started this in around February, February or March of 2019. I had these. So I, so he was already on me. Like he's like, look, like environment controls are biology more than anything. You need to get more sun and get some blue blocker lenses. And okay. so that, so that brings me to the second point. The first was, is mitigate artificial light. Um, and just, just so, you know, as a side note, the skin has, is able to receive photoreceptors too. So yeah, just, just keep that in mind. It's not just the eyes, but the eyes are like the 80 20. It's like the, the, You'll get most of the way there if you get the blue blocker glasses. But number two is getting more, f- getting more friggin' sun, man. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, yeah.
0: I've I've like, did you play video games?
1: Uh, yeah, I've played I've played video games back. Nintendo sixty four is okay. No, uh, right. I was that, about to reference where, that's my
0: level. I was I was about <laughs> to do an early reference to a character who he's in this game called Dark Souls. And he's like, a, he just loves the sun. He worships the sun. And it's a big <laughs> internet meme or whatever. He's like, praise the sun. So basically, I'm, I've become that guy. I'm like, praise the sun. <laughs> um, I, my habits is, aside from using the blue blocker glasses, glasses um, I went out and got some morning sun exposure. So uh, um, with, without my glasses on, glass, take the glasses off and I exposed as much as my skin as possible. And I just stood out in the morning sun, um, for as long as that I, that I was able to, you know, um, and try to periodically get out into the sun throughout the day. Um, again, taking my glasses off and exposing as much skin as I could. And then in the evening, exposing myself to the evening sun.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and so that, uh, Got not only got me a, a good tan, but according to what he's claiming, um, my body's uh, able to utilize energy um, from the sun because the the because the mitochondria are able to use the the light as fuel somehow through some process.
1: Well, that makes that is sense a claim.
0: Oh, sorry, go sorry. ahead. I, I was just like I'm remembering stuff. There is yeah. a the red light therapy. Okay, I think it's yeah. on the website for juve maybe where yeah. juve is a company that makes red light therapy devices. It just basically mimics, mimics the red spectrum of, of, of light. And I think that they had yeah. a, uh-huh, they had a blog article that says red light therapy uh, or how red and near infrared light stimulates cellular respiration and boost energy production. Okay. All that means is that the light helps your cells make energy. All right. And this is on their website. So if that's true and they got some references for at the bottom of the page, they're referencing, uh, biology, current biology magazine, dah, dah, dah. anyways, if, if that's true, then yes, it's true. That light how that the body can make energy from light, at least we know in the red spectrum, right
1: yeah and, and that you know, that goes along very well with um, it hasn 't been released at the time of recording, but by the time this episode is out, there should be another episode of this uh, podcast out with Jason Souza, uh, who mm-hmm. is actually the um, the founder and CEO of soulless light mm-hmm. a a similar company to Juve. And so if any listeners want to go back and listen to that, Jason delves into a little bit of the science. He's saying some of the same things um, that you're talking about here. Right. Um, there are a lot, of, um, a lot of potential benefits to red light therapy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking cool. And, and it's like there's part of me is still resisting because like um, I guess like a part of me is like worrying too much what other people think. Cause, cause if you say this to like, Oh, you know, the, the body can use light for, for energy but, you right. know, you get dismissed as like, whatever, but I've really find it exciting. And I really believe that, um, that my increased exposure to, I had to be gradual with it cause I'm, uh, it was pale. Um, but now I can get out in, uh, midday sun and I do that because now I'm getting my vitamin D. Production up. I mean, if yeah. anybody's like been following stuff that's happening with COVID, vitamin D is important, and it's right. free. It's free <laughs> from you know to to get out there. You can get if you're pale and you get in midday sun with high UV, depending on where you live, it, it, it changes. Yeah. You can get free vitamin D very quickly. You know more right. than a supplement. Uh, at least that's been my experience. So just bringing it back again. Number one get some blue blocking glasses for nighttime, you know,
1: uh, what brand do you use? Do you you recall?
0: Yeah. I use raw optics, but there's another one called blue blocks, B L U B L O X. Um, but get whatever you can afford. Don't like one. Here's one of my mentalities was, is like, I'm, I'll never use money as an excuse not to get help for my health. That is like number one. And and I know everybody's got a different financial situation, but I'm just so you know that that's my that's my mentality,
1: um, well, and it's worked out well for you too. That uh, you've oh been yeah. able to how improve it I, without
0: yeah. Think about how, how much, much would I've spend. spent on? For, I mean, even even the low case stuff for UC mesalamine is like fifteen hundred cash price for the the medicine a month, and and you know getting a good insurance, like a better insurance to pay for that would be like hundred dollars a month. And this stuff that I like, I, you know, I've paid less just to work with my doctor. Who's given me that information that's made it possible to not, you know, so real health insurance for me is doing stuff like this. And, and, and I don't, I've told people about this and they balk about me, balk at, at how much money I've spent on certain things, you know, but, but yet, like health insurance, you know, is, is a substantial expense and I, and you know, if, if, as long as I don't, uh, a uh, uh, car doesn't hit me, you know, uh, I'm, I probably will be okay. You know? Um, yeah. so, well, and that, get it
1: getting back to the, um, you know, you mentioned your first point, the blue blocking glasses, the second one, you're getting out in the sun. Um, you know, you're trying to throughout the day, you're also trying to get that morning sun and you're exposing, you know, you're taking your glasses off, you're getting your eyes and, you know as much skin as possible both at morning and at evening and also throughout the day mm-hmm. um you know are there other on top of those um two things are there other big things that you've found that have really like made a big difference for
0: you y- yeah the Wim Hof method and ice co- thermogen cold thermogenesis
1: <laughs> very nice
0: Rick. yeah um,
1: Okay. So can you, and uh, the Wim Hof method, I understand, um, is kind of a combination of uh, breath work, so a kind of a deep breathing practice, Mm -hmm. um, cold exposure, and Mm -hmm. mindset training. You got it. So what has, um, which parts of that have you implemented, and what, um, yeah, what has your experience been with the Wim Hof method?
0: Um, so I did, uh, for about, I started that in 2017, actually before I met my doctor and I did the breathing exercises, uh, and, um, stretches and the cold. And the focus part of it is just being able to get in that cold water and calm yourself because your fight or flight response comes up. So I did that for quite some time and lately i've just dropped the ble- breathing exercises and i just get in the cold water um and i can't say that i can't recommend that necessarily um i think it's just for me i feel like that's where it's at is just is getting in the cold is getting in the cold water and what i experienced was um it's very energizing but there's also a process that's happening that I couldn't notice because it's so gradual, but that I have some sort of belief in because of the, the research that's being done on it, You know, particularly talking just about the immune system. Um, so I really just did it because it felt good. Um, but I think oh. that there's possibility that uh, it has the ability to strengthen the immune system and if anyone's interested in reading more about it, I think Dr. Rhonda Patrick has a whole article that was pretty readable that was all about the cold exposure part of it and what happens in the
1: body. Um, and, um, you know, for any, any listeners, again, this is one that at the time of recording hasn't been released yet, um, but um, a couple of Wim Hof instructors have... Um, shared their stories on the, the podcast. Uh, Juan Pablo Alvarez-Menez um, healed his Lyme disease and, uh, you know, attributed a large part of his success to a lot of the similar things that uh, Kyle's been talking about and also the Wim Hof method. And he's, you know, he's so passionate about it that he became a Wim Hof instructor. Uh, same thing oh, I, with Scott oh, Riley whoop. for oh. rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Um, he also, uh, Scott Riley, um, you know, healed from arthritis, um, another autoimmune condition and, um, you know, used Wim Hof method as part of his healing journey. And now, Mm -hmm. um, is a health coach who, um, instructs people on how to do the Wim Hof method. So, um, it it seems to me, um, seems to be very powerful for autoimmune conditions and has a lot of, um, you know, for auto Wim Hof and his, um, and the people who practice this method have demonstrated in controlled scientific studies, the ability to, yeah. um, influence the autonomic nervous system, which, um, yep. Yeah. is pretty, pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the, I consider Dr. Rhonda Patrick to be a very viable source. And I had been listening to her for a while because I found out, found out about her through Tim Ferriss's podcast. But um, just looking at a summary of a paper that she wrote on cold exposure uh, is that, uh, and how this relates to, to, to autoimmune diseases, it decreases inflammation, improves um, immune function, uh, increases antioxidant activity, which antioxidants are good. <laughs> I guess you know they, they help keep your cells from breaking down um, yeah. and that and that the science is it, it says it's not new science um that it's been uh, that there's a lot of um, uh, evidence that's been gathered up to to back it up you know so so yeah. I feel pretty i feel relatively confident that um, you know. I don't know how the, the breathing exactly works with, it. I think the breathing really helped me to, to have more resilience in the cold and be in there longer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, right now I just do, I just do the cold, cold, bath. The cold exposure. Yeah. Okay. And I walk around without my shirt when it's super cold outside and everybody was like, thinks I'm super weird.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm yeah I uh can identify with that I, know I I've been I've been taking cold showers for uh a couple of years now and um everyone thinks I'm weird that might be unrelated I'm weird anyway but well, yeah uh, I'm with you
0: I'm, I'm just letting you know man like after I started doing all these things like I, I mean I could not have made the health recovery I made I have made while caring too much about what other people think of me. Uh, there's so many things I just wouldn't have done, you know. Oh, what, what do the na- neighbors think if I'm like, you know, doing yoga outside or or always walking around without my shirt off like I, I take every opportunity to get sunlight, you know. I don't do it like going it's just around the neighborhood. I don't go into stores yeah. and things like that, but I, um so it's really important on my health journey is that I I I'd be willing to do what I need to do to, to get healthy. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it.
1: Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah, that's a crucial point. I love that, that look It it takes that kind of mindset. Um, and I, you know, I feel you there. My, my neighbors, um, they're used to me now, but yeah, I do the same thing. I'm outside with my shirt off all the time. Um, and yeah, you just can't, um, I don't know. It, it, there's some, there's power in, um, not caring what other people think and not letting that, um, steer you too much. Yeah. Um, cause
0: you will, I, um, it hasn't really happened to me. Uh, but I have heard stories of people who follow the similar path, particularly with the carnivore diet have gotten some flack, you know, from family members and friends, especially yeah. going out and eating. So, you know, if anybody's like thinking about doing it or doing it, you know, stick with it, you know,
1: doing yeah, it for you yourself and ad, yeah. Advocate for yourself and you know, your your friends and family should want the best for you and they will um, freak
0: out that. Well, yeah. I'll be surprised if they don't, if you tell That's them you're right. going to eat nothing yeah. but meat, that, <laughs> good luck,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a challenge, but you know, if it, it might be something worth uh, sticking with it certainly, you know, doing something for your health is worth, worth the effort. So an important
0: um, point, and I just want to throw this in here. Um, I have great blood pressure and a, and a resting uh, pulse of about average of like 62. Um, take that for what it means. I'm not, that's just a piece of data, but, and and I've eaten nothing but meat for about like two years. No, no, October October of 2018s to now, however long that okay. is, it's less than two yeah. years. But you know, yeah. I never I don't, and I don't have scurvy, never have. Scurvy. <laughs> and no, and I've gotten random comments from people to say you look great,
1: That's you look incredible. really
0: healthy. And I don't ask them to make comments; they just noticed it. So yeah, take that for what it's worth.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's incredible. And you know, with with some of those positives that you mentioned, I'm. Wondering how you look at this question, um, do you consider yourself cured of ulcerative colitis?
0: Yeah. However, um, I have not gotten another colonoscopy. So to, to deal with the facts of it, I would need to get another colonoscopy and have it show up with no inflammation.
1: That, that makes sense. Um, but like but I yeah, said, I
0: picked out on pizza and I didn't bleed. And I picked out on a ton of stuff and I did not bleed like I did, uh, back in 2017 and Christmas on a specific carb diet. But, um, it's not about just the diets about my environment, particularly my light.
1: Well, I, I like that. I, I think, um, you know, you've made a good case for kind of everything being connected you're doing everything from, um, you know, talking about your light environment, um, both trying to limit artificial light, get natural light and you're talking about cold exposure, you're talking yep. about mindset, you're talking about diet. You know, th- this was a holistic approach and um you know, I I really appreciate that about about your healing journey. And now there's the question that we always ask here on the you cured what podcast. Now that you've improved your health, what's one thing you enjoy doing? that you couldn't do before. Yeah.
0: I, I thought about this question and I, I couldn't, I just let it, I couldn't think of anything and I, I could kind of let it simmer because the truth is, is that, um, there isn't anything I can do action, you know, any activity that I can do now that I couldn't do before, before I could lift really heavy weights. Now I don't, you know, um, I mean, I I mostly just run, but I could run before. Um, so the really, uh, in, so the really, to be honest with you, the the transition now is that um, you know there are things that I can't that that I won't do. Not that I can't, like I I won't go eat Taco Bell. Not like I was doing that before, <laughs> but yeah. you know I'll generally stick to a paleo a keto paleolithic or keto carnivore for me, it's ke- keto carnivore, but I eat plants too. I mm-hmm. like, I ate some, uh, you know, little, just a little bit of zucchini or I supplement with ginger powder, curcumin, uh, raw cacao powder. Those are all plants taken a mm-hmm. shape with lemon juice, black peppercorns, things like that. Um, and there's a reason for it, but, um, it, the yeah, I just don't there's no um, what really is important about what's happened is that um, I got sick with something that was was supposed to be incurable and have to be on medication for the rest of my life. and um, and I believe it's been reversed and cured. For a fact, I'm not on medication. But I live life differently now, you know, that's the bottom line. So I I get to before, not so into sun, what, you know, as much as I am now. So I I get to, to live differently and experience the, the joy of great health. And, you know, my belief is that when I continue on this journey, I'm going to be at a place of health that was better. Than I was before, so
1: wow, that's really incredible. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and of how you got there. I think so many people will identify with so many of the different parts because you know you do look at it so holistically, um, and you know, there are parts where different people are going to be able to say like, yeah, that like, that's been me before. Um, Even if it wasn't alterative colitis or, you know, it wasn't the one exact thing. I think your, your story is going to speak to a lot of people. Um, You know, if, if there's anyone out there who wants to learn more from you, hear more from you, um, are there, is there anywhere that uh, they can reach out to you? Anywhere you can be found online?
0: Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. And I have an Instagram account. Um, and uh, so, yeah, those would be good places to start. Okay.
1: Um, you, what are your usernames for those oh, people um, want to reach out?
0: Yeah, it's, it's Kyle underscore W underscore code for both Twitter and for, for Instagram okay and well, i'm fine with I'm fine with emails too uh i guess okay. uh just wanted to you know i don't know if I should give it out <laughs> just in oh. the interview oh,
1: it, either way either way um, it, you know with all of this um you know this major improvement in your life and um with everything we've talked about here, you know you live life differently now and do you have any any other message that you want to um, to get out before we close here?
0: Yeah. Um, putting everything that I've experienced into the simplest statement, it would be that um, humans were made to be outside, exposed to the elements, not in temperature, sun, uh the the magnetism, natural magnet, magnetic fields, just the whole shebang. We're we're designed to be outside. Um and that involves discomfort. And what I've learned is that growth does not equal being comfortable. And that uh that most people want their lives to get better as long as they don't have to change
1: yeah that's um, that's a powerful thought and um, thank you so much Kyle for uh, for coming on and sharing your story
0: cool yeah it was fun
1: thank you for listening to You Kieran What join us again soon for another Story of Healing.